Money Guy family, we have a rare special episode today. We talk a lot about retirement on the Money Guy show, but rarely have we actually captured that specimen of a creature that has actually made the transition into retirement. So today, we have one of those rare people, and we're going to talk about surviving and thriving in your transition to retirement. It's Brian Preston, the Money Guy, restoring order to your financial chaos, retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the Money Guy. Guys, this has been a collaboration that has been months in the making. Um, Today, I'll go ahead and announce you. We have Fritz from Retirement Manifesto. Um, If you guys haven't checked it out, this is... Fritz does an incredible job. I think he is wired like us. He's analytical. He's also very goals-based. He's also the type of person that's nerdy enough that he wants to learn stuff and then share it with you. And I feel very honored to have you here, Fritz, because uh-huh. I've I've become a fan of your content, and I think it's awesome the stuff you've shared. And I also want people to know, um, and this is the part, Fritz, where we said we're going to surprise you. You have such great content. I know when I was getting ready for show prep, one of the things we're going to be covering today is your 10 Commandments of Retirement. Um, I want everybody to sign up with your email address, and we're going to be sharing some deliverable content that kind of summarizes some of Fritz's great advice that you've provided out there on your show. So so please go out there and sign up. Go to Brian, I mean, go to moneyguy.com, and we just want your email address, and we're going to load you up. And, you know, you guys know this. We don't often have guests on the show. You know, it's pretty rare. So whenever we do have a guest on the show, it's a big deal. And the reason we want to have Fritz on here is we're excited. He's got some great stuff that he's going to share with us. And he has some perspective uh, that's just going to be mind-blowing that I think is going to be really fun to go through. So know that uh, it's unique to have a guest on here. And we have very uh, specifically and specially chose this guest because we think it's going to be incredibly valuable. So I want to know, because it, it, it kind of lines up nicely with the Money Guy show. How did you get into, what's the inspiration for Retirement Manifesto? Well, thank you very much. First of all, thanks for having me on your show. I've been a long-time listener. I listened five years before I was even, you know, really getting serious about retirement. So even though you called me a, a nerdy specimen, I think, <laughs> I, I'm still honored to be here. So What a weird uh, <laughs> compliment to give our guest. <laughs> but thank you. Um, so the question was what? I, I got way off track there. Uh, what how, inspired you and what's kind of yeah. the purpose, the why of the retirementmanifesto.com? Yeah, really the, the interesting thing, I was about three years prior to retirement when mm-hmm. I started it. And I've always been interested in blogs, podcasts, and I just decided to give one a go. And, you know, it was really something that I was starting as, a, as kind of a, just a let's try it and see what happens. Yeah. And it turns out that I just I have a passion for it. I love it. And my byline is helping people achieve a great retirement. And really what it's evolved into is just telling our story, things that we're addressing at various stages, you know, approaching retirement now, entering and 100 days into retirement mm-hmm. and really trying to share not all about us, but here's the steps that we're taking and how they could apply to your situation. So it's really just become a way where we can share what we've done with the goals of trying to help other people, you know, achieve a great retirement as well. And so I want want to make sure I heard this right. You just said that 100 days into retirement. So you are someone who has recently planned for retirement, entered into retirement, made it, and here you are three plus months into retirement. So you like the, the most uncertain, unsettling part of the journey for most folks is right in that swath that you're exactly. at right now. Exactly, right. that's where I'm at, and it's and it's been great. I mean, the first we'll get we'll get into it and talk about it, but I I can't tell you how exciting it is to finally have achieved the goal and being retired, and it's it's really 
it's one of those things you think about for decades and to be just fresh into it, I'm still on the ceiling. It's, yeah. it's really, I'm in That's the honeymoon awesome. phase. I recognize that, but it's, it's a fantastic, really fantastic feeling. That's awesome. As I talked about in the intro, we talked to a lot of people about retirement, professionally as well as on the Money Guy show. And one of the hardest things that we talked to prospects, clients, as well as listeners of the Money Guy family is that it is hard to be good with money. You save, 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 but then you retire and you know, you're no, there's no switch. It's not yeah. like you can just say, I'm going to now transition, go across this threshold and become a saver and to, from, go from saver to spender. I want to talk to uh, to you at, at some point today and get some meat of how do you make that transition? Yeah. I think that is such a powerful thing. And that's why we titled it Surviving and Thriving in this Transition to Retirement. And here's what I think is also cool about having Fritz here is that and Bo, I don't have a cool Australian accent, <laughs> but I do feel like I, I really wish you because, would try one though. <laughs> or Jacques Cousteau for my older people is that I do feel like we are like research scientists that have been on this this vessel for months, tracking this elusive the white whale or, or say a Fritz megalodon or something like that. And we've chummed the water, so we, we've had our best chances of catching this per, this specimen, as I've already said. Nerdy specimen. Um, and, and now we've you know we really. Once we get the tracker, we've loaded up the dart gun or the, the rifle, and we've put the beacon in there. Now we get to go in uncharted territory. That's we right. actually get to see what has this experience been like. And, and, and I think this is going to be very educational for our listeners, the Money Guy family, as well as, and I think we, we have a lot of young listeners as well. But I, I hope that they will stay with us is because you have actually walked the walk. You've been successful. So I think there's even things you can pass down to younger people. People to show them the things that you maybe wish you'd have done or the things you know you did well and you yeah. want to make sure that younger savers know to do these things well, as well. And I think one thing to add there, if you are younger and watching this um, or listening, you don't, you're not able to retire at age 55, which I did, without starting in your 20s, maybe 30s. So if you're young and you're thinking at some point, hey, I'd like to retire early, all the more reason that is valid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely, if you, if you don't start early, you won't retire early. That's right. So, yeah. Um, by the way, 55 makes you kind of fire. Fire. No, I, yeah, I was going to say it, I, but I didn't know if I was allowed to say that that's part of the fire yeah, movement. I mean, right? I think yeah. that that's pretty legit. So here's the three things I had written just to keep us on point is that, it, and I've already mentioned this one, I want to give our audience direct access to what this journey and transition adventure is going to be, has been like for you. We're going to cover that. The other thing is I want to talk about how do you minimize the anxiety, the emotional side of, of what volatility could happen to yep. you in, the, in, in retirement. And then the last thing I had was also just sharing those favorite parts of your top command, your 10 commandments of retirement. I thought that was so powerful. Um, so let's kind of, let's, let's jump right into this. I think that there's a lot of meaty stuff that we can get into. Talk to me first, that first week of retirement. What was that like? Yeah. Um, you know, that's something I, I don't know if most people think like this, but I did, you know, all, as you, especially as you get closer to retirement, you're like, uh -huh. what's it going to be like? Because it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of like starting your first day on a job. You don't know until you've crossed that threshold. And it, it takes a while to, I'm still not settled in, but the first day it's, or the first week you, you, you know that you're done, but it still doesn't, it's not reality. Right. It, it, it kind of feels like a weekend, but feels you know, like you're you on vacation. To, yeah. But you know, you don't have to go back to work. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's think if you think of like a two week vacation, which is rare, right? But yeah. if you take a two week vacation, you know how you feel like those first couple days where, man, I don't have to go back to work for two weeks. This is right. great. Yeah. Well, it's like that 
Forever. All the time. <laughs> All the time. It's 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 so it's different than anything else because you don't have to go back to work sure. at the back end of it. But that's the closest analogy is either a Saturday that lasts right. forever or a vacation that you're in the very beginning of and you know it, it it's never gonna end. It's fantastic. Change creates fear. How much was uh, how much fear, how scared were you in this transition? Yeah, you know, not very much. I, I think because of my blog, I've I've been thinking about this exhaustively, right. which I would really encourage listeners um to do. I think the more I I've read a lot of things about retirement fails and I've, I've done some articles about it. And the, the, I think the biggest thing you can do as somebody approaching retirement is really spend a lot of time in the two to three year window before you get there to really Mm -hmm. think about what you want your retirement to be. And the more time you spend thinking about it before you get there, everything I've read, the smoother the transition. And that's certainly been the case for us. So was there fear? Yeah, but I I would say I was 98% comfortable. And, you know, 2% fear just because you've never done it before and you're not sure what it's going to be like. But for the most part, I was was pretty comfortable going into it. Key part, though, was the plan. Because you had the plan, it probably inoculated you from a lot of the fear that I think a lot of people probably suffer from. Yeah, and, and something else I should add real quick is, you know, this is the money guy show, so don't uh, kick me under the table, but um, the planning is a lot more than just the money side. Sure. It's, it's it, actually mm-hmm. the more important planning side is the non-financial yep. side. Oh, no, that, we, we really tell important. that to people yeah. all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons that's what's driven this that's passion right. project that's yeah. turned into what it has. So I, I want to kind of fast forward because you're so busy. I know that first week you ate waffles like on a Wednesday. <laughs> you swam in a lake. You, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out when in this, I know you said during your honeymoon, but there has to be a time that y'all are going to slow down. I mean, you have done so many things so quick, but I do think it's important. What is the first 60 days? We talked about the first week. Yeah. What is the first 60 days? Because you did a really cool post where you talked about the three things that you kind of expected and then the three things that really caught you off guard. Kind of walk me through kind of those, those 60 days. Yeah, and I, I guess I will talk about the things I expected and the things I didn't. I guess that's probably the easiest thing. You know, I, I will say it's a process. Yeah. And as you get into two months in, things start settling into more of a routine. And, and we've settled into a bit of a routine sure. now. You know, we, we have certain things that we do to add some some structure to the week. We're, we're really focusing on fitness. So every morning we go to the gym, my wife and I together. And, you know, there, there's yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. I don't do that PX stuff, though. You guys are insane. <laughs> but, um, no, but I, I think, you know, what, what always intrigued me is what is going to happen in retirement that you weren't expecting, right? right. So so I'll, I'll talk about the things I, I, I guess that I expected first. Um, the first was, you know, Freedom is worth the cost. You know, yeah. you, you sacrifice for a lot of years. Not It's a question of how much do you sacrifice. You look at some of the fire communities out in their 30s or 40s. Right. That's a totally different league than yeah. where I'm at. You know, sure. we, we lived well within our means, but we didn't really sacrifice. We were comfortable. We had frequent flyer miles. You know, we took trips to Europe and things like that. But still, you've invested a huge amount of energy into making right. this happen. Was it really worth it, you know? And I think the first thing that didn't surprise me that I was hoping for and, and was true was that the freedom is worth the cost to get there. And, and we're doing this a little, but I, I just can't help. What percentage do you, if you, over your entire working career, because it was like 33 years, right. I think, yep. what percentage do you think you were saving of your gross income during that, the majority it, of that time? It, just kind of average it out. On average, probably 20 to 25%. The last five years, probably 40 plus. See, yeah. I, th- I think that's beautiful because we, <clears throat> we talk about all the time for somebody that's just starting out, your goal should be you know, 15 to 20%. Like yeah. that should be your aspirational goal. But if you are somebody who's thinking about that early retirement, stepping away, you know, before, you know, social security, normal retirement age, like in your mid to late 60s, it probably is you do need to kind of f- fall into that hyper saver yeah. 20 to 25% yeah. mode. 
and and I love and I think we're going to talk about this, but that saving like forty percent right there in those first those last few years of retirement, I love that. And I'll tell you why I love that in a second. So, okay. uh, but I do want to, I want to play devil's advocate a little bit because we talk about the fire movement a lot. And one, and I pick on you about this a lot too, Bo, is that I tell you, because achievers try to accelerate to accomplish a goal. You want to sure. go through your checklist and go through it. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to put this into words and the fact that, do you feel like, would you, if you could do it all over again, would you have saved, if you could have, 30% or 40% when you're in your 20s? Or do you think there's a balance? You have to be careful to make sure you experience your stage your stage of life, too. Because I do worry about the balance between miser sure. yep. and being a prudent right. saver. Because there is a th- that whole Scrooge McDuck, yep. you don't want to be yep. that guy either. So yep. I mean, you, you can wh- definitely save What's the walk? Much. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you the way that I went about it, and my wife and I and, and our daughter— um, and I think it's the way that you balance those out. You definitely, you can save too much. Mm-hmm. And we never felt like we went there. Um, the way we did it is we'd started, you know, when I first started 6%, get your match, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and then as, as the increases come in every year, let's say you get a 3% raise, I would take 2% of that, add it to my 401k. So you go from six to eight right. and you still get a little bit more in your take home. So you feel like you can have a little bit of lifestyle yeah. inflation, yeah. No, but I love it, avo- it. it avoids that excessive lifestyle inflation. We call that force scarcity. Force, yeah, exactly. Keep moving, I love that keep moving the, exactly. the, the, the bar right. exactly. a little higher on yourself. And, and, and just like you, I remember in your force scarcity, uh, forced scarcity podcast, you talk about diverting all the savings away before it ever hits your checking account. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you yeah. just automate that and increase it each year, you can be at 20% in, a, in you know, a matter of years sure. yeah. and you never feel it. And you can be a pretty aggressive saver, but you don't feel like you're sacrificing because you've never lived on that extra that's money. Right. And, and that's, that's how we did it. And it worked very well. But I'm not hearing you say you have regret about how no. much you saved in the beginning. No. So that's good. You also, I want to mention, because you had a term that I loved and I might have to benchmark it. Time affluence. Yep. I'm actually writing that post right now. I was working on it yesterday. Time affluence to me, um, this was, I, I think, the finding number two. The, the real value of retirement, it, you know, you think about the financial side to get there. Mm-hmm. But the financial side isn't the goal. Right. Right. The goal is that freedom. And, and the best way that I could think of a concise term to, to describe that is time affluence. And, you know, affluence is having an abundance, right? Yeah. Having an abundance of time that you can do anything you want with that's totally under your control first time in your life, right? Since maybe you were four years old yeah, before you yeah, started school. True. You know, from you're five years old, you're in kindergarten all the way through to when you retire, somebody else is dictating the majority of your day. That's right. And suddenly now in retirement, you have now it there's a pro and a con to that because you're now responsible for twenty four hours of yeah, your day. Yeah. And you've got to do some planning to make sure that you're doing something in those hours that adds purpose and gives you meaning. But the time affluence factor of retirement is is the best benefit that we do seen. you find and I, I i you're probably realizing i'm going way off script on everything that's but okay. i just because I, I, I have questions that's, 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 Brian, that's me Brian's that going me. off on a no, i do it in quiet meetings i do it all the time but i I'm, I'm sitting here thinking is that when we talk about time affluence there's this pressure because you're an achiever you're a doer do you feel is that because i know you have built you have stacked a lot of things in this first hundred days of your retirement is that is that personality of being an achiever reflected, or do you think there will be a time where you just sit back, or is that just part of being a time affluence? You feel like you have to use it very efficiently no, and I mean, effectively. There, part of part of time affluence is having the luxury of taking it easy, yeah. and and you see all the you know train trips and this that and the other. But there's a lot of downtime, you know, introspection, thinking mm-hmm. about the reality that hey, we're really that's retired cool. now, and and. You know, that that's not as sexy. That doesn't get, you know, all the, you know, 
Twitter following the thing. But but that's a reality. You've yeah. got a lot more relaxed downtime introspection, uh-huh. you know, and and um, I would say that's a that's a you know, valuable part of our day now, you yeah. know, even this early in retirement, there is a lot of downtime. That's, that's, that's rewarding. Uh, you yeah. make, you make retirement sound really. I mean, I, I follow <laughs> your <laughs> journals and I'm like, you know, this is, that's only 10 years away from me. I can, but not, don't worry guys. I'm not going anywhere. I'm loving what I'm doing. Just 2020, like, 2028. Oh, Fritz is not officially retired either. I don't think, cause I think this whole thing is turning into a side hustle. We'll get it, into that yeah, a, a little fun. bit too, but this is, what a cool way to, to kind of connect. So, I want, you said, but the, you said there were three things yeah, that you expect. You said the first was the freedom was worth the cost. The yep. second was this time affluence. You know, you're allowed, you have the time that you're planning. But there was a third thing, right? Yep. There was a third one you yep. said. Yeah, and, and the third one really is, um, and a, a friend of mine had told me this, and I, and I didn't really know if I'd believe it, but it, it's been true with us. Shockingly to me, we really don't think about money. That's great. You know, it's that weird. You're doing it right. I, 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 I want to say that again because I think that's that's so. Va- mm-hmm. So here here is an individual who spent his entire working career building up assets, getting his army of dollar bills to yep. go to work for him, and now at the point in his life when he has to depend on those assets more than ever before, he doesn't think about money. I mean, if that's not like the banner for planning, yeah. that sounds incredible. Yeah. Well, and I think th- I think others experience the same thing from, from friends I've talked to that have been through it as well. And I think where it comes down, this this will get into your volatility question a little bit as well, but I think you, you kind of replicate your paycheck mm-hmm. and you set up your ACH transfers from your savings, blah, blah, blah. But you kind of just know that that natural flow of money is coming in and the money that's coming in is sufficient, if you've done your planning right, is sufficient to cover your, your needs and, and right. some wants, right? So once that happens, you just know, hey, the money's going to be there. And as long as I just spend what's in my checking account, well, that's, that's fine. Great. And, and, I love and, it. and you don't really have to think about it. It really is on autopilot. So, you know, I think you just said something really interesting. And Brian, I've heard you say this a thousand times before. You know, when we talk about young folks starting out, you know, we talk about how it's important to have a budget. You know, what do you have coming in? What do you have going out? But you've been very forthcoming that, you know, in your household, you and your wife don't budget a ton anymore because it's kind of like a golf swing. Once you have it down, you just kind of know how it works. Well, it sounds like in retirement, that same mentality takes hold. Uh, It's not like, hey, I have this big pot of money and I can just spend freely. You still operate inside the the confines of that budget that you have set up for retirement, right? That's right. But you really, yeah. And your budget is on a macro level. You kind of know your, your annual spend. You look at a safe withdrawal rate. We were very conservative on that. And once you know that, then you just say, okay, I don't really have to budget. It, yeah. it, it's very similar to the forced, you, you know, know scarcity, forced scarcity yeah. because you're, you're, you know, you can spend what's in your checking account yeah. and, and, and that's, that's, you don't have to budget because if it's there, you can spend it. I love it. That's powerful stuff. It really is. I, I, I want to transition and talk about, cause those are the three things you kind of expected. Yeah. What's the three things in your first 60 days that kind of caught you off guard yep. that you were surprised by? Yep. The first one, and, and I, I guess I was just naive to not really think about it, but man, it's wonderful to be able to do things Monday through Friday, right? The supermarket's <laughs> not crowded. You know, I like to trout fish. There's a, there's a really nice fly fishing river where I live in the mountains, um, not too far from here. And, uh, you know, it's crowded on the weekends, right? right? Everybody's yeah. coming over the yeah. mountains. For the, man, you go on Monday, the river's <laughs> empty. You know, you got your choice of fishing holes and there's nobody else there, you know? You go to the lake to go swimming, there's nobody there. 
you go camping. You know, we, we've been going to these state parks and we do a lot of camping. We're camping now Monday to Friday because there's no crowds. Trying to stay away yeah, from the people. Yeah. And, and we're not, you know, antisocial or anything, but it's just nice to be in a relaxed yeah. space without a lot of people. So that was one of our surprises, how I call it going against the flow of the world, right? Yeah. The majority of the world works Monday to Friday and they go out and do things on the weekend. Well, we're kind of doing our stuff Monday through Friday and we kind of hunker down on the weekends and avoid the crowds. <laughs> and, and it's I a wonderful thing. I didn't expect well, that. Well, and here's a, here's a side benefit I thought about when we were putting this all together. What happens when you're doing stuff that nobody else is doing is it's cheaper. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. When yeah, you true. fly, when yep. you travel, yep. if you are going against the stream, it's that whole contrarian supply mentality. Demand, it's a yeah. supply and demand yeah. issue. You're saving money as well. as and, and you get your turn. And I love this statement as well. You said it makes good things great or yeah. better yeah. you know it really does make these things more enjoyable yeah. and, I, and i love that part of it yeah the, the second thing was um oh these were things i didn't expect mm. the second one you know i mentioned the two percent fear factor uh -huh. there's some anxiety how's this transition going to go and it's i still pinch myself i mean maybe i'll wake up and you know it'll it'll be different at some point but up until now it's been surprisingly easy to make the transition for us and i i kind of expect that i've seen some people kind of have a rough adjustment you know and uh, it's such a huge adjustment in life but in our case it's been surprisingly easy so i, I would say that was probably our second surprise and i want to make sure because i thought these were key things i'm just going to go through them real quick and you sure. feel free to add some editorialize on them because this is your your five keys to a great retirement transition. This was a very intentional approach on your part. You said number one was a strong focus on achieving balance in your life before retirement. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you essentially, and I, I know we talked about it, but did you do a retirement test drive? I, I did. I wrote an article about that as well. And this was probably 18 months before our retirement. And uh, we took, I think, two weeks um, maybe it's 10 days. I think it was over like Thanksgiving, but we didn't go visit family. We just said, look, let's just stay home at our cabin in the mountains, which we had bought in preparation for retirement. And let's just pretend we're retired. Right. And let's just live as if yeah. we're retired. You know, I'm going to stay off my computer, stay off work emails. It's a quieter t time with the yeah, holidays yeah. and whatnot. And we, we tried to mentally put ourselves into the retirement as close as you can. Sure, right? sure. And, and that helps because you you think about things. It's it's You talked earlier, is there downtime in our schedule? Well, when you do a forced mini test Retirement, right. it's forced downtime to think about what you want your retirement to be, and it's and it was very very valuable yeah. for us. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm sure that's part of what made the transition easier. I, I think another thing that, and I don't know if you did this on purpose, but I think another thing that I love is uh, you said that immediately prior to retirement you were saving, you know, as much as maybe forty percent of your income. Yeah. And I love that from the savings perspective, but this is where I love it from a, even a different perspective. We get people who ask us all the time, or, or we'll ask them, hey, how much money do you spend? And it's amazing how often they're like, oh, I have no idea. If you want a really easy way to go see how much money you really do spend, go take last year's tax return, back out how much you saved, back out how much you paid in taxes, back out how much you gave away. There's a pretty good chance that whatever number is left over, that's what you spend. <laughs> that's a good spot right? to that, for that, sure. That's how you go figure that out. Well, if you're someone who is saving 40%, you are actually test driving retirement, living on that reduced yeah. income. So yeah. you're still paying taxes, still giving, but now you only have 60% left over. I mean, that's a great way to test and see, okay, can we really live off of that withdrawal rate that we determined? And I think that's 
a beautiful way to test yeah. drive it. Well, and, and something else we did, which I, I would encourage everybody to do if you can. We, we downsized. We sold our house in the city. We moved up to the mountains, okay. smaller place. We took the equity in the home, and we paid off the cabin. Yeah. So we were debt-free about a year or two before our retirement. And I think if you can do that, it, it relieves your anxiety in retirement, sure. obviously. But sure. it also allows you, to, to the point about mm -hmm. 40%, those last couple of years of retirement, you're debt-free. Yeah. You're still making the same amount of money. You just don't start spending it. Just, yeah. just slide that away for scarcity. Yeah. And and it automatically forces up your savings in that last I don't years. think you're unusual in the fact that you go into hyper saver mode even more so. You amp it up another degree that two to three years before retirement. Because a lot of people always give the analogy, and it's a visual thing, is that when you see that you're driving up on a huge hill, like you're coming down a hill and you see a huge hill. And when I say coming down, you're usually in your peak earning years right before you retire. You usually, I know when I'm driving a car, I hit the gas a little bit to to accelerate before you hit that yeah, hill. Yeah. And it's kind of the same way if you're looking to, to build momentum to hit that retirement um, just as well as possible. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, uh, number two on your list was intentionally accelerate your development of external interest in your final three to five years of work. This is brilliant. Yeah, and really this, if you think about it like a slope, you know, work has been 90%, not 90%, you know, work is a big part of your life. Yeah. Sure. And as you get into retirement, when you get to retirement, it's zero. Mm -hmm. right? right. Right. So don't just do it as a cliff. Yeah. Intentionally ramp down that commitment. Not commit. You know, you're still there. You're still doing your job. But your mental devotion to it, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, the time that you spend thinking about it, ramp that down so that it's more of a gradual slope and start ramping up those things that are going to be what you're going to do in retirement, which is where the, the test retirement kind of helps yeah, because right. you develop some interest. My blog right. is an example, right? I, I built that as kind of, hey, maybe this is something I'll do in retirement. Maybe not, right? Try different things and start growing those and building those before you get to the retirement threshold so that it's not as big of a cliff. Mm -hmm. And that ties in three, because you kind of just said, strive, number three was strive to find other areas in your life to develop and ramp these yeah, up as yeah. you approach That's retirement. Right. And then number four, this one was good too, develop alternative means to develop the socialization and self-esteem that work brings and begin that development as part of your retirement planning. Yep. I mean, that's powerful because if you are, I mean, if you're an achiever, a lot of your success, they even Millionaire Next Door, you'll know I'm a huge fan of it. One of the things I thought was interesting when you read The Millionaire Next Door is it talks about how super successful people take great pride in like industry awards and other things. It's not uncommon for achievers to take a lot of pride in their fine, yeah. in their work success. Yeah. So if you know you're one of those people that you've done very well working and you've been successful sure. and you're nervous about that, go ahead and do number four, which is to develop those alternative social mm -hmm. networks and other things so that you don't just jump off the cliff and yeah. go from being big man on campus essentially to now you, you you've essentially ripped the rug out from underneath exactly. yourself exactly it, you you know you talked about you uh, a lot of the retirement fails that you've kind of read about and you sort of studied up on and, and uh, I think it's so interesting you know we, we're so fortunate that we get to you know in our day jobs we get to help people as they prepare for retirement make it to retirement work through retirement and one of the questions I always ask is someone you know you talk about that person who's a very high achiever you know loves their job very yeah. driven very we see the other side, too, where someone's like, man, I, I hate my job. I've been doing this for 40 years. I'm ready to get out, and I'm going to retire at this age on this day. And one of the questions I always follow up with is, okay, we know exactly what you're retiring from. What are yeah. you retiring to? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm amazed at how often people don't have an answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, I don't, do you feel like, having now gone through that, if you can't answer that question well, you're setting yourself up to have a retirement fail to some extent? 
I don't know if I would say it'll lead to a fail, but I would say it'll definitely go back to what I said earlier about the more time you spend prior to retirement thinking about what you want your retirement lifestyle to be, the smoother that transition yeah. will be. You're you're talking the opposite side of that coin. Sure. If you don't take time to plan about it and have what are you going to, the the transition will be harder. Sure. I don't know that it would be a fail. You know, financially, if you're great, you know, yeah, but, but some, right. you know, if you look at the percentage of people that go back to work, I wrote an article about this. The vast majority of people that go back to work in retirement aren't doing it for the money. They're yeah, because they want something. It, they're doing yeah. it for that. We've reason. seen that. Yeah. We have clients yeah. that, that resemble that. Yeah. I mean, it so, is it's interesting. To me, that's not finding that thing. That's right. That gives you purpose. That, that gives you purpose. That's yeah. exactly that's right. A, yeah. That's a powerful, powerful. Yeah. And uh, no, this is a fun thing. Number five, because this is something I will tell you. You don't even have to be retired to do this. I do a travel bucket list with my wife. We do it as a date night. We go out and we create lists of places we want to go. Now, I'll be honest. 75 to 80 percent of them don't get done in yeah. the five-year period <laughs> sure but it's still a fun date night it's kind of like buying that lottery ticket yeah. for a dollar that you daydream. get to daydream yeah. and you get to think about and you do do 25 percent. but you you went a, a step further you said number five begin populating a bucket list of items you'd like to do in retirement broaden it to include categories beyond travel so stretch yourself yeah so i mean it sounds like you guys are doing that you've taken up even more hobbies the whole exercise yeah exactly That's awesome. we're, we're more involved in some charity work and some other things. So yeah, I think, you know, travel instantly comes to mind when you think bucket list. Mm-hmm. I read an article somewhere about somebody, and I, I kind of replicated it, where you have different, like you'll have a spiritual bucket, and yeah. you'll have an interpersonal bucket, mm-hmm. and you'll have a travel bucket. Okay, fine. But try to force yourself to think about other areas that you want to develop and try to populate those as well. That's great. Yeah. So a bucket list item might be learning a new instrument, even though it has nothing to do with going somewhere. And it's not even really a financial deal, but if you've always wanted to learn how to play the guitar, like Dave Grohl, Dave, if you're listening, check us out, (laughs) then, you know, you can do that in retirement because you do have the time affluence to be able to devote to something like that. And I think, you know, if you've been in, I've been, I was in a corporate type job. I think finding things like that that do kind of test, I don't know, left brain, right brain, which is which, but you know, the other side of your brain, try to, try to find some of those. My blogging, that to me is kind of an artistic, creative process, right? That's not, that's different than what I've been doing. And that's fulfilling. So I think if you can find things like a musical instrument, a language, those types of things are, are, I think, especially applicable yeah. for retirement I bucket list items. Uh, number three on the things that kind of surprised you transitioning in that first 60 days was yeah. variety is the spice of life. Yeah, and, and this was, um, you know, I didn't really think about this until after we retired, but so much of your life before retirement is so predictable, right? Mm-hmm. You know you're going to go to work on Monday. You know you're going to have that meeting, that staff meeting, that call, that meeting. So much of that is so predictable. Mm-hmm. And we kind of said intentionally, look, life doesn't have to be as structured anymore. Right. And and this kind of evolved, but I wasn't expecting it. You can pursue unpredictability, right? You don't have to set routines. You, you can do different things. I, you know, um, I'm trying, our gym has all these different classes. Okay, fine. I, I took, <laughs> I want to tell you some of the classes I've taken, right? What the heck? Just try them. Be unpredictable. You don't go know what yoga. You are in the mountains. So, yeah, so, yeah. so go out to moneyguy.com and we'll show you a picture of yeah. Fritz doing goat yoga. Yeah, yeah, go make sure you sign up. But, but I think that, you know, Force yourself to enjoy variety and stay out of the routine because it's all within your control. You control your time affluence. Use it creatively and and don't let yourself get stuck into a rut, you know, because you don't have to. That would be a struggle for me, I I think. As a planner, I feel the same way. Yeah. Got to work on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think what he just said is neither one of us are ready for retirement. I think I I know I'm not. So I want to talk about how we minimize volatility, the anxiety when you approach retirement because here's the thing i tell people who because we get calls from people who are seven years ten years even people that want to these fire 
movement individuals that are maybe even 15 years from, but they want to really save. I said, the thing you have to think about when you go through this, this transition period is that right now, if something happens in the stock market, you have this internal coping mechanism where you just say, no problem. I'll just work a few more years. Yeah. All right. And you even, cause you, didn't you add an extra year? Yeah. You added an yeah. extra year. I, what caused that? I'll tell you, there, there were really two things that drove that. One was um, I had a wise uncle who retired young, 55, same age as me, ironically. And I was I was at a wedding with was him. Was that Carl? No, a different okay. Carl. Yeah, you didn't read my stuff. I'm impressed. Um, different uncle, but uh, his is a good story, isn't okay. it, Carl? Yeah. Um, but, but he had told me, and this was probably 10 years ago, and I'd say, yeah, I'm thinking maybe try to retire a little bit early. You know, very early thoughts of it. And he goes, just let me give you one piece of advice. He said, once you leave, you're going to be at your peak earning years, and and your skill set, your your Rolodex, the value of your contacts depreciates really quickly. So if you're not quite sure, put in the one extra year because mm-hmm. you'll to to replace that amount of income doing side hustles or trying to go back to work as a consultant. It could be a decade instead yeah. of it could, one yeah, year. Sure. versus one year. So yeah. that was number one. Number two was a friend of mine who retired a year before me, and he was debating going back and forth, and I told him what my uncle said. Yeah. And he decided to work one more year. And after he retired, he said, Fritz, he said, that was that was the best advice I've ever gotten. He said, we don't have to worry about a thing because we knew we were ready a year ago. Right. Now we're super ready. Well, especially so, if you have a year like 2017 exactly. where the financial markets did yeah. well. I mean, exactly. it really padded things yeah. up, so, I'm so sure. So I, I think part of how you reduce the concern about volatility is if you're not quite sure hey tough it out for another year measure twice cut once exactly exactly you can't put the board back together yeah and and that that i think is is one of the big things to do i think the other thing that we've done which is we really don't worry about volatility i'm a big fan of the bucket strategy Mm -hmm. you know you got one bucket one is kind of liquid cash and and i'm conservative you know i I think stocks are overvalued and things like that do you keep now be careful we we don't give financial we don't give investment advice specifically on the show but do you um how much cash i mean because we talk about cash management all the time yeah and and i'm going to get into even more numbers in a minute but we tell people when you hit retired status, you know, six, three to six months is standard for most people. Yeah. But then when you are in retirement, we tell people it could be 18 months, it could be 36 yeah. months. Yeah. Where, where, where do you we're, fall? We're slightly over three years of cash. Okay. So you're okay. even higher than yeah. 36 yeah. months. That's great. Though. I love I'm that, conservative. Yeah. yeah. I'm conservative. Yeah. And, and I know if a downturn comes, I won't have to sell any equities for three years. And now you wouldn't want to go to zero, right? But then even then you look at a diversified portfolio. Again, I know you can't talk about this stuff, but with a diversified portfolio, the chances of all of it being down at once are pretty low. So even after the the three-year cash bucket is emptied, realistically, you're probably going to have something else in that three-year period that you can siphon a little bit off of to refill bucket one. One year before retirement versus now being in retirement, because we're over 36 months, over three years, if I'd have fat, gone a year before you, you, when you worked that full extra year, yeah. was it still over three years, or was no. that the year you built we, it up? We really? built it up. We we sold some stocks. Markets were pretty good. We yeah. decided to take a little bit off the table. Um, all the bonuses, things like that, any extra income I got, all went into bucket one. See, that's um, why that's yeah. another benefit of that extra. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to work an extra year. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying there is a benefit if you're getting close to that that gateway, and you don't have the extra cash, and you have to do apple cart turnover to get it that probably shored you up in a lot of ways including the liquidity and 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 the benefit of that is when you do get into retirement and you know you can't go back to work easily to replace that income you don't have to worry about it as much because you've got that 
that insurance. You know, sure. So that that's the biggest way I, I would say that we've you know gotten over the volatility concern. I want to talk about some numbers, um, or at least some benchmarks, because look, we want to respect Fritz's privacy and the fact that you've done very well, but we're not going to give actual net worth numbers or anything sure. like that. But I think it would be helpful withdrawal rate. Yeah. What um I mean, did you use when you tried to figure out if you had enough or what's your number? Yeah. Did you base that off of withdrawal rate? Did you base that off of a net worth number or did you base that off some calculation that you had found out there on the internet or or, yeah. or how did you figure out that you had enough? Was I supposed to figure something out? No, I just got it out. <laughs> I just I, no. I know you have this yeah. stuff figured yeah. out. Yeah. No, I, I think you know everybody says what's your number? The number is irrelevant. What matters is cash flow, right? And what type of predictable, safe income stream can you generate from your investments? And as you, if you haven't picked it up now, I'm, I'm pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the old rule of thumb was 4% safe withdrawal right now. Everybody's, eh, you know, Big Earn, I don't know if you guys follow him, but he, he did a 23-part series on recalculating, and he came out to about 3.25%. Okay. I think for fire, is he a fire person? He's a, he, he's, he's, he retired, I think he's late 40s. Yeah, yeah that's I can say he's definitely yeah, a fire. Yeah. So, you know, the younger you are, and 55 is young, yeah. right, the lower that safe withdrawal rate exactly. needs to be. So, so we tried to, we really really focused on, and, and I've tracked my net worth. Matter of fact, you talk about the giveaway. I'll, huh. I'll, I'll give you a little tease. Um, we track net worth for years. And at the bottom of my net worth, I break out all of the non-retirement funding assets, mm-hmm. the home, equity, yep. the cars, things that you can't use to fund a retirement. And I've tracked that for the last five years at various safe withdrawal rates. Yeah. So I could look as each year went by, how much am I increasing my annual paycheck yeah. using different safe withdrawal rates? And it was all driven by the safest withdrawal rate we could get to get the income. So we, we try to keep it below, you know, three and a quarter. We talk about doing the annual net worth statement constantly. Yeah. Um, did you get that from us or are you already doing that? Was I that was an attaboy? Sorry, I was oh, before you. And I was trying to see if that was an echo from the no, money guy because... No. You were probably still in high school when I started doing that. Come on now. <laughs> 1992 is when I started my net worth. Got him. Just left high school. <laughs> so here's... For all of you out there listening, this is, this is a reason that I really think... Uh, if you've never joined us for our live stream, so right now we're recording this live. We've got a bunch of folks in here in the chat. Uh, the beautiful part about watching the live stream is you can ask questions. I mean, and, and, and I want Jessica, Jessica Torres just asked a fantastic question Good. that ties in really well that I think is going to add a lot of value. And her question was, uh, when you were saving, how did you? Hi, Jessica. <laughs> Keep going. How is that your sister? <laughs> no, no, but I know Jessica. It cracks me up. I had no idea how, she'd be out there. How did you think about when you were saving the different buckets you were saving from? Yeah. And like now as you're in retirement and you're obviously having to pull, in, pull from these different buckets yeah. of retirement income, how did you think about accumulating the different buckets yeah. of retirement that income? That is a good question. That's a, it's That's a, a great good question. question. So Jessica, basically, and, and I wrote a post about this. If you look up the, I think it's uh, how to create a retirement paycheck. Mm-hmm. Just Google that on my site and you'll find it. But basically, um, I've, I've designated on our net worth statement, we've got the various holdings that we have. And I tied each one of those into the respective bucket. Mm -hmm. So I could look at any given point in time. And I knew, you know, bucket one, I was aiming for three years, bucket two, I was aiming for the next five years. And then bucket three was anything longer than eight years. So basically, Bucket two is primarily bonds, you know, safer. So these are things. these are segregated by risk, essentially. Yeah, it sounds I mean, yeah like. exactly, Perfect. exactly. So what I, what I could do is, as I got closer to retirement, and as I updated, my, I only do my net worth once a year. I don't think it it makes a lot of sense to look at it more frequently. Did that, to be we're, we're in the same. Yeah. yeah. So same every boat. year, and I'd, I'd update it, and I would 
look at, okay, where are my buckets? And depending on where I was at, primarily bucket one, obviously, and bucket two, because those are the ones that have targets. Bucket three is everything else. Um, if I was finding myself, let's say, bucket two, and I was aiming for five years, and I only had two years, I better look at my asset allocation, maybe either sell some equities, move it into bonds, or maybe just take next year's um, contributions and, and shift it towards bonds. And I kind of did that over probably a two- or three-year period to yeah. kind of adjust the buckets to where I was targeting. And then bucket one, I hit really hard the last year. We're totally throwing you off the cuff here, but one of the things okay. we talk about all the time on the show is tax location, you know, yep. because oh, we yeah. have yep. we have your taxable yep. accounts, yep. you have your tax deferred, and yep. you have your tax-free, yep. which are Roth assets. Absolutely. It's very easy for somebody who's approaching retirement to get a ton of tax deferred because you yep. get the company match from your employer, plus you, you've probably been, because we only recently had in the last decade or so had Roth, you know, qualified plans. Yep. But so you probably had a lot more did. tax deferred. Yep. Did you think about tax location Absolutely. or that when Absolutely. you were doing this? I, I would say that wasn't that wasn't the one oh one level. That was as right. I got more into this. You know, I've been writing for three years and I and I've always I've been a thirty year personal finance hobbyist, I call myself. That didn't really hit my I might have heard it on your show. We really but, are bro. kindred <laughs> personal finance hobbyist. I like that. Not, not a beauty, but a hobbyist. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll tell you something, two things I would encourage people and I'm not giving advice, um, et cetera, et cetera. But with the new tax law right now, and the especially if you're married, single people didn't get the break, but if you're married, the marginal tax rates, are they've pushed them out so far. We're actually going to look at doing some before-tax rollovers. Now that my income's dropped in retirement, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the marginal tax brackets are so far out that and still at 25%. You're talking about doing a conversion? Do a, do Roth doing conversions. Roth conversion yeah. strategies. I'm going to do some yeah. Roth conversions now so that, so that I reduce my RMD risk. Yeah, at that's later, right. You know? that's so, right. So two things. One is that, you know, look at right after you retire, start doing some conversions before you have to, especially in the current tax law environment. Mm -hmm. Talk to your CPA before making any decisions. Um, number two is in my final couple years of work, because I was out of kilter, right? My first 20 years of retire of, of work was all before tax, all the company matches right. before tax. Yeah. So even though it might not have made the most sense from a marginal tax perspective, I was slamming the Roth yeah. the last couple yeah. of years just to get that diversification before sure, I retired. Sure. Yep. Everything I was saving, you know, we talked about the 40% mm -hmm. until you max out, but then I was doing the mega backdoor conversions, right? Yeah. I was doing every trick I could come up yeah. with. Doing the after-tax contributions, the 401k. We don't call them backdoor conversions here. We call okay. them making traditional IRA contributions and then separately converting those okay. traditional yeah, that, IRA that contributions into quit. <laughs> okay. I see you glaring at me. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. So, yes. And then mega. I like the mega because you're using the after tax. But. So definitely tax diversification is, is a big factor. And that continues after retirement, obviously, because you can, you can minimize your RMD exposure up until you're 70 and a half. Right? By, you, by the way, start adjusting it we don't pitch what we do in our day job a sure. ton, but if you want to know what we do for a lot of our fire clients is exactly what you're talking about with those Roth conversion That's strategies. Right. So when you retire, say 50 to 70 years old, because at 70 and a half, they make, the government makes you start pulling those qualified accounts, not necessarily your Roth accounts, but definitely all of your, your, your 401ks, 403bs, rollover IRAs, they're going to start making you take them over your life expectancy. Right, right. So from, you know, anybody who retires before them, we try to figure out how we can do a strategy to max out those lower tax rates. Yeah. So <clears throat> I feel like I have to put that out there because you're a lot of you fire people are do-it-yourselfers, but even Fritz is like, talk to your accountant or your financial yes. advisor. Yeah, of course. And yeah. Um, you, you can figure those you know, out. I know a couple of good ones, by the way. If you, <laughs> <Yeah. it's> kinda... <laughs> you said something beautiful, and I just think this is a point worth driving home. Financial planning is incredibly important up to retirement, but it doesn't stop. 
Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of planning that even takes place post-retirement yeah. and strategy you can implement. So it's an, it's an, an ongoing process yeah. is what I'm hearing you yeah. say. Yeah. But it changes from growing the nest egg to managing the withdrawal. Yeah. Right. That's right. It's a totally different strategy. I, I wrote a, a whole post about our retirement withdrawal strategy and you need to spend some time either with a good, you know, financial planner or, I mean, this is, this is dangerous stuff. You got to get sure. it right. Yeah. Yep. But you know, everybody focuses on the accumulation. The withdrawal piece is equally important, and Agreed. people don't tend to talk about that's it as right. much. And and that's a, that's a big part of retirement planning. That's exactly right. Is because one of the things I want to make sure we covered because you hear you even alluded to it. I don't know, you know, because nobody knows. None of us have the crystal ball. Know when the next downturn's coming. Um, but it, it is. You wrote November a post. 17th. <laughs> <laughs> You're selling a newsletter too, right? That's what I always when people can give you a date. They yeah. usually have a pitch for a newsletter a right afterwards. But what did you? What safeguards is it? Just that bucket system that you mentioned, but what safeguards do you have for the next downturn that, that could yeah. happen? Number one is primarily the Or when system. it will happen, yeah, I yeah. should say. I, I think number one is, you know, the, the bucket system, obviously, and, and it will happen, right? Yeah. We know it'll happen. Yeah, just sure. on the when, how long, and how severe, unfortunately. Um, but that's number one. I think number two is, as we looked at our living expenses and calculated the safe withdrawal rate, as I mentioned briefly earlier, that had wants and needs. Yeah. We could, we could easily cut down our spending, and I think most people rationally would do that, right? If you see your portfolio taking a real hit, you would stop doing some of the the, the wants, right? You'd focus on the needs. And, and I think we've built enough cushion in our living expenses that we could reduce that if we had to, if, if we were getting nervous the bucket one was so getting So you based most of these decisions, your, your insurance, were really off of the cash flow side of your of your expenditures. Absolutely. You know, that's how you yeah. backed into knowing you had enough, <laughs> which is unique because, you know, you do see people, and it, it's important to have the balance sheet too. You do, I, I know you said that you'd never base it off of the size of your net worth, but it's very cool that you did it off cash flow because yeah. that is at the end of the day, that is what you're living off right. of yeah. and the, the balance sheet and the assets you have to support that all it's all married and Absolutely. cumulative. So yeah. that, that's awesome. Um, I want to talk about some fun stuff. Okay. Hold on. Uh, this isn't fun. You mean withdrawal rates and Roth conversion <laughs> strategies in order to buy down RFDs? We went through the good feel of the transition. Then we got into some nerdy stuff. We're trying to make this good for everybody. I saw, now, I, I, it looked like because of the view that they had on the website that you posted, you're, you have a pull-behind trailer, a camper. Correct. And um, I'm, sure, I'm assuming that was like one of their... their their setup stage views because of the mountain. Was that your no, picture? No, that was, that was my picture. Yeah, that was, in the that, mountains that was in like Tennessee. That? that wasn't too far from here. And so yeah. that's your yeah. actual setup yeah. with the TV, that was my the truck. couch. Yeah. With, it looks yeah. like those were reclining yeah. chairs. Yeah. yeah. You, he you heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. Fritz's setup is good enough to be on the brochure. That's what Brian just described. <laughs> well, I thought it was you. a brochure picture. I'm not going to lie. But here's the thing. I, I'm not a camper. It, yeah. it looks that sounds miserable to me. It just uh, it does when I not think sound about rugged wilderness man. <laughs> Brian Preston is what comes. But, to but here's the thing: after seeing Fritz's pull behind, I could do that. that that's clamping. It's, you know, it's it's a comfortable. Isn't that, way, isn't that what they call it? Yeah, glamping, yeah, clamping, <laughs> clamping. Yeah, gl glamorous camping. Um, you know, and I think this goes back to that mini retirement and thinking about what you want to do. And I think. Um, one of the things that we agreed we wanted to do was be able to do some slow travel. We've camped, you know, I, both my wife and I camped when we were kids, and we kind of yeah. have this theory that if you camp as kids, you probably didn't camp as a kid. No, no, I have the actual oh. opposite story. I was oh, no. a wee below <laughs> transitioning from Cub Scouts to Boy Scouts. We went on a camping trip. The 
tent that I, so you know this because I've told you the story a gazillion times. The tent I slept in with like four other people. These were old, donated Korean War tents. And we were in the Appalachian Mountains. It snowed. A huge snowstorm hit. And there was a hole above <laughs> me in the tent. And my... I, See, that's my, why you don't my camp. parents, no, my parents did not prepare me for this trip. I go up there with this cloth, you know, sleeping bag that I probably had been using for sleepovers and everything else. It got soaking wet. I, I really thought I had frostbite on my legs, my feet, and, and it just, I've been traumatized ever since. I am, you know, not only am I precious about closing the trunk lid of right, my Tesla, right. I'm precious about not wanting to be cold and wet outside in the Appalachian well, Mountains. I, okay, so there, I'll, I'll modify my theory. You've either never camped or the one time you camped in weed blows it was a miserable experience that's my new theory okay <laughs> Ruined yeah, it forever. Yeah, yeah. But, but regardless i think you know the point being identify those things you want to do and and plan to to put the places and you know the pieces in place sure. and and ideally do that while you're still working so that when you hit retirement you've kind of got your toys right and that was that well, was one of the things I, br- I brought up the do. toys not just to brag on you but i want to talk about because it is how do you transition how do you flip that switch we teased on this in the intro and the fact that yep. you save <clears throat> save 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 you it's this mentality of being a builder an empire builder and then you get to retirement and now all of a sudden you're supposed to go buy campers you're supposed to go buy mountain bikes you're supposed to go travel a bunch that's got to play crazy mind tricks on you so how did how did you is there a process is there a system how did you do it how did you transition that's that's a that's a good question and and i'll I'll quote kind of butcher a dave ramsey quote but i I wrote a post about it. It, it, it 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 hit me, and it, he's and a neighbor of ours. Okay, around yeah, here, that's so right. that's fine. You, hey, you, you, you can love on um, Dave. Yeah, he, that's him right over there. That's right. Is he waiting for you? Live studio audience. I wish Dave was hanging but, out in the studio audience. Um, it would help us. But, but you know, one of, one of the things I thought about my wife and I as we prepared for retirement, you spend thirty years working to get there, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about the Dave Ramsey quote, "Live like no one else, so later you can live like no one else." That's right. Yeah. Most people tend to focus on the first half of that sentence. Yeah. Right. Live like no one else. Save, save, save. Yeah. Don't forget the second half of the sentence, right? Yeah, why the fun are you, part why of the are you doing this? Yeah. You're doing this so that when you retire or later in life, you can live like no one else. And and that kind of triggered in me, we're not going to have to worry about money. We know we're in decent shape. We've got a safe withdrawal rate. Let's just, we've saved for 33 years. We don't have to worry about that anymore. And and we, we were intentional and we kind of con- made a conscious decision yeah. because your natural tendency, and most people, if you read the stats, most people underspend in retirement, mm-hmm. and their portfolios get, you know, they continue to grow, sure. and people are underspending what they could. Now, you sure. got to be careful. No. You can't go no, crazy. It's, it's true. Right? you got to have a plan. But I think going into retirement, knowing that that saving is, you, you've done the heavy lifting, it's time to live like no one else. Yeah. And, and we made that conscious decision to to kind of let ourselves have some fun. We knew we had enough in there. We knew we were good. We had our, our targeted starting points, right? Bucket right. one, bucket two, bucket three. Mm-hmm. And anything that we could kind of afford to divert to toys and still hit that starting point don't forget we sold the big house yeah. you know we had some equity so we could use some of that we we were able to to use that to kind of position ourselves to not have to worry about it as much in retirement and and i think that's kind of how we went about it so even though you said you didn't have like a number like you know of assets since you are backing into that number i'm reverse engineering your system yep. essentially yep. since you knew the number you wanted to be able to have to live off of from a cash flow perspective and then you knew the withdrawal rate that you were going to go with. You kind of knew what part of your assets you needed to cord off yep. and keep that protected. That's your principle that, hey, this is my, I'm retired, I have enough. But And, and not that you spent everything that was above and beyond that, right. but that probably gave you the freedom exactly. to feel like, hey, I could go. Because I'm sure there's some upgrades on that. 
that pull behind yeah. based upon what I saw. It looked like it had a few. Because I mean, I, didn't it, did it have a kitchen island? Yeah. I mean, it has a kitchen island. I mean, this thing. What it was, the picture do doesn't that. even show the bedroom. I could see there was a step up, yeah. and I'm like, it's almost like one of those Looney Tune things where they threw out a cube and you go inside. You know, it's it's teeny tiny on the outside, and then you go inside, and it looked a lot bigger on the inside than I was expecting. Hey, so Bo, he's he's thinking about camping. How about I can hear, hear that? The wheels are turning. The wheels are turning. No, to, to your point though, I think what we, one of the things we did, we kind of yeah, it's just numbers, right? It's just yeah. math. You can look at a withdrawal rate. You can look at net net worth. It's all the same number. It's just a matter of what, which way you interpret it. But one of the things we did, probably two or three years out, we kind of knew, okay, here's where we want to be. And so I kind of called that our starting position. So here's our starting target. And I kind of built a little bit of a cash flow model where between now, this was two years prior to retirement, and retirement day one, Mm -hmm. here's the things I think are going to happen that are going to bring cash in, and here's the things we'd like to do that are going to take cash out. Mm -hmm. And we we were able to kind of, you know, okay, here's the fifth wheel. We had a line item for it, and we knew, okay, the bonus is going to come in, et cetera. You know, different things like that. We're going to sell the house. How much net worth we're going to, or how much net equity we're going to have? How much do we need to pay off the other cabin? How do we look in our buckets? You know, and we could kind of target a starting cash position. And 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 get there by looking at inflows and outflows between sure. now and retirement. That's sure. that's how we did it. Sure. I, I know you said you're not an engineer, but you are wired. You are wired a lot <laughs> like us. Okay. It's, it's pretty. You called awesome. me a nerd earlier. So I guess, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me. So here, let me ask one other question. I think this. This is. Uh, I think this is great. And again, this is directly from our live audience right now. But you. You said you kind of thought through everything. Well, one of the questions, and this actually comes from T Boy, but one of the questions a lot of folks have uh, when it comes to retirement, and the the biggest unknown that most people aren't comfortable with is healthcare. Yeah. And how do you account for and how do you plan answer. for that? Yeah. That is yeah. great. Uh, and yeah. I, truthfully, I was going to save this. For, T-Boy, you, I'm not saying you're getting a Tumblr, but you may get a Tumblr for this. Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, well, Brian's saying you're getting a Tumblr for this. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah. We were going to save this for the Q&A, but I think this is so important yep. Yep. that I want us to answer it now so that all our folks out in podcast T-Boy needs world, to stay around to the end, though, so we can give the instructions on how to get <laughs> a Tumblr. Right. Yeah, but that's go, right. go ahead. Then. So, how, so how did you think about yeah, that? How did you plan for unknown healthcare that retirement? Is the, that is the big question, Mark. And, and ironically, I've got a post coming out tomorrow. Also, if you're listening now, sign up on my blog. Man, you are good at this promotion thing. I I, I think we have promoted three or four posts here. But no, but this this one is uh, um, health insurance and retirement unsolved. Okay. And basically, we haven't solved it. Sure. And yet, I still retired. This makes me, because we have this question comes up all the time, and we give it, but keep going. So so what we did, um, number one, um, we made an aggressive assumption, conservative assumption on how much it was going to cost us. We knew we were going to have to go private pay. I, I do have a pension, so we weren't going to be able to qualify for any of the subsidies. Sure. So we looked at an all-in private health and care, health care, health insurance, and we said, okay, let's use 25000 a year. Just mm-hmm. kind of grabbed a number. Okay. Um, so, you know, 2000 bucks a month, and let's inflate it faster than the general pace of inflation. I did a cash flow out to age 95, mm-hmm. and at one of the line items, health care insurance. Sure. So we, we used 25000 a year, and I inflated it 5% a year. So we kind of built that into our safe withdrawal rate number mm-hmm. and said, okay, let's assume we need to spend that. Um, so that's that's number one. You've got to account for it in your cash flow because sure. you are going to have to pay for it, yeah. and it's not cheap. That's right. Um, number two is I went with Cobra, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. you know it's it's it's, it's, it's what you got. Eighteen yeah, months cost us a thousand bucks a month. So guess what? I'm fifteen hundred bucks per month to the good, right? Sure, yeah, that's, that's right. right. So that's okay. And then so that gets me through December of nineteen. Okay. And then one more year at the end of that, my my employer used to have a retiree medical plan that they've discontinued, but they're mm-hmm. they're phasing it out. So I catch the last year of that. Okay. So I've got the first thirty months of retirement covered. Yeah. And then I'm hoping that Washington gets their act Washington together. Washington gets their sure. act together, yeah. which is 
30 months is probably not enough, but you know, markets are efficient and we're, we're looking at health sharing. We're looking yeah. at, you know, we'll, we'll, we're continuing to evaluate it sure. and we're just hoping with a 30 month window here that that's going to be sufficient. That's how we handle it. So I'm going to paraphrase what you said. You picked a, and you picked a conservative number. You think it's probably going to be less than 2000 a month. Most, uh, most likely I'm, is that probably what I'm you concerned it He's basing off probably some of the research we've seen of all yeah. the hundreds of thousands of dollars sure. that cost you in retirement. Yeah. Fortunately, a lot of that's back end loaded, but I think yeah. it's still marked, smart yeah. to plan for it. Yeah. And then I love that you inflated it. It's not like you just thought, okay, well, it's going to be $2,000 a month indefinitely. You actually grew it out. Right. You and did 2,500 actually, yeah, right? 2,500. Yeah. Well, 25,000 a year. So what is that? It's about $2,000 a month. Two grand a month. Two grand a month. Yeah. Sorry, Bo. It's like math. It's, it's like you do math. I don't know. <laughs> it's actually 2,000. Uh, so I, I, I think that's great. Uh, so I, I hope what you heard in that is we don't know. Right. And anytime we don't know, you kind of have to make a best guess hypothesis and you go with that. And the beautiful part about financial plans is if you build in enough conservatism, yep. you leave yourself room to adjust as circumstances yep. change. Yep. It didn't yep. derail you. And, and, yep. and I will tell you, I'm always an optimist in the fact that I know we have so much bickering going on in Washington, but this is still an ongoing concern that everybody knows a concern. And I think that I have confidence that, that we'll have something. It might not be perfect. Nothing yep. coming out of Washington's ever perfect, but at least it will be something functional for, for you in retirement. I, I think and I hope that there's there's a solution to it. You know, one, one of the things I write in my post that's coming out tomorrow, there's plug four, um, is that, <laughs> but, you know, I've got friends of mine who say, oh, I'm not going to retire. I, you know, I, I don't have any health insurance. I'm concerned about health insurance. Yeah. To me, that, that in and of itself, you got to look at your personal situation. But if you've got the financial resources to cover it, at the end of the day, it's a number. That's right? the part that it's can a, break you. Now, if you're pre, not, pre-existing you conditions, things like that. Yeah, it's a big, mm. big deal. Yeah. But, just recognize at the end of the day, it's kind of a number and build it into your conservative assumptions. And you, you know, is a reason to keep working for some people? Maybe. Sure. In our case, it wasn't. Yeah. Makes sense. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. That, and, and T-Boy, great. Fantastic question. Yeah. Stay around to the end so we can get you a, a Tumblr, you know, find, give you the instructions. Um, I want to go ahead and transition to kind of close the show out on the, these 10 commandments of retirement that you you compiled. And remember, guys, if you have not given us your email address, because our new plan going forward, Fritz, just to catch you up, every new show we do, we're going to create some type of deliverable. And all we need is for people to give us their email address to get on our subscriber list. And at the end of the show, probably the following Monday, we release new shows on Friday. Now, you live streamers will have to wait approximately a week. But the following Monday, we're hoping to automatically send out a deliverable for every show. So that way, if you think I ramble on and go on tangents, at least you'll get some type of deliverable that's much more concise. I'm basing that off some of the troll comments I get. I'm like, where have y'all been? I've been doing this since 2006 where we bump around walls like we do. But definitely, this is going to be one of the deliverables Mm -hmm. we want to share with our listeners. And we'll Fritz, you're welcome to, to it's your content, so we yeah, want you sure. to feel like Absolutely. you can feel use it as it. well. Yeah. And, and um, I, I, I want to just reiterate what you said. The only way to get it, the only way to get it is you have to go out to moneyguy.com, subscribe, give us your email address. We're not going to put it on the website. We want this to be something special that you have access to as a member of the Money Guy family. So go out, subscribe, and you're going to get some awesome content moving forward. As I get into, I want to go through these and let you put to editorial, creator content, you know, okay. information on what was the inspiration of the Ten Commandments, though? Yeah, this was, uh, I wrote this maybe two or three months before retirement, and it was really, I'm into the bottom of the ninth inning, I'm really getting close, you know, bases are loaded, and uh, I just wanted to take a minute to kind of think about, okay, what are the most important things for me as I'm getting into retirement? What do I want to make sure I keep 
as my guiding principles in retirement. And then maybe I'll look back a couple of years later or, you know, I'll get off track and I'll, this will be my thing to go back and look at. Yeah. But I, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of say, okay, going into this, I'm not there yet. What's important to me and what do I want my retirement to be? And that, that's really what, what dictated. That's what, that's what led to So was it to shake the nerves out a little bit and then, you know, to kind of get some stuff down paper on it? I, yeah, you know, I, the creative process is hard to explain. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I probably, when I sat down to write this, I didn't even know what I was going to write about. Well, I just started typing and it just kind of Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, isn't it beautiful when I love happens. being in the flow. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Now that we're 100 days out of your yeah. actual, you've yeah. crossed the point. Yeah. Tell I'm, us I'm, if anything is, you know, I'm, is evolved or changed as we're going through this. Okay. So, so I'm, number I'm, one. I'm a sinner. I've broken now at least one of the commandments. <laughs> so, well, I, I want you to share that because okay, we can amend this. Number, unlike, four, by the way. unlike what Moses broke down, we can actually amend this thing. Okay. So, so number one was have an attitude of gratitude. Yep. That was really, you know, there's a lot of things we can't control, but one of the things we can is our attitude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at people that just have a positive spin on life, and then we all know those that have a negative spin on life. Sure. And I just, I've, I've always tried to be a positive person. And, hey, you know, I'm retiring at age 55. Be thankful for what, you yeah. know, what I've achieved and, and have, a, have a positive attitude about it, regardless of what happens. Sure. Right? It, you, can, you can shape how you view things. So that was really number one was, hey, be, be thankful and have an attitude of gratitude. So, so that internal voice. That we all have. We, you know, Bo, you and I were having a conversation. You said, hey, I've been in the shower. I'm always talking to myself and think that internal voice you're saying is always glass half full. You, you've kind of gone an optimistic look at the laws. We're all, we're all human, right? We're all human. But I think where you can influence or if you start getting negative thoughts, kind of be aware of it and try to shift mm-hmm. it back. You know, I, yeah, I, I try to be positive. And then you had a derivative, 1A, instead yeah. of giving it 11, because yeah, 10 yeah. <laughs> sounds much, you did a 1A, yeah. which was give with a generous heart. Yeah. And this goes back to the attitude of gratitude. Hey, I, I've, I'm very fortunate. I've been blessed. Um, don't be stingy with it, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, be generous. Be, you know, um, help people where you can. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of the same with my, my work on my blog. It's just give, right? I yeah. mean, it's just you're, you're trying to help people. It, that, we that's call just, it the abundance I, cycle. I, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> like, come on. Bring the abundance cycle, We go baby. to conferences and people go, you just give that away? And I'm like, look, I have yet to be let down. The more we give, the more it yeah. seems we get back. Right. So, I mean, I love that you yeah. have that same generous heart. So, number two. Pursue passions. Yeah, and this kind of goes to the thing I said earlier about trying different things. Don't get stuck in a routine. Um, you know, pursue different things, right? Um, you don't know what's... I, I, I never knew blogging would become a passion of mine, right? I just started yeah. messing around with the blog, and, you know, three years later, it's gotten kind of big, and I, and I love it, right? But I wouldn't have known if I wouldn't have pursued that. Yeah. So pursue different things, and, and you just don't know what you're going to find. You know, you got to have passions in retirement. I love it, you know, and that's what... We're not going to give numbers or anything, but it's started to pay a few dividends. I I I predict that this thing's going to do even better than you anticipate. That's what I love about abundance is you give and it really does come back around. It's it's an incredible thing. So um, number three was keep the balance. What did you mean by that? Yeah, and this this one came from way back early in my career. I mean, I was 23. Four years old, new in sales. My boss sent me to a Dale Carnegie course, right? How, yeah. Oh, man. That's really good stuff, yeah. right? And there was a guy in the class, this is a horrible story, actually, but um, on like the third week of the class, we all come in and Bob wasn't there. We're like, what's up with Bob? You know, and, and the instructor said, hey, I, I hate to tell you guys, but Bob committed suicide last night. Yeah. And this, this, I mean, this has hit me, you know, 30 years later. And, you know, we didn't know Bob that well. We were in a class a couple weeks, you know. But the instructor said, let me just say one thing about Bob. He said, life is like a wheel and you got spoke. All your different spokes. You got your religion, you got your financial, you got your family, you've got your work, blah, blah, blah. And your spokes kind of all need to be about the same length or else your wheel doesn't roll very well. And Bob had some spokes that were really out of whack. 
Yeah. And that's that just great, really, that's and that really stuck analogy. with me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that one's about. Keep the balance. It's keep yeah. your spokes kind of the same length. So it, 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 and I love that you even throw stuff out there. This isn't just financial, right? It, right. It's, no, no, it's, no. it's passion. It's physical. You know, it's staying active. It's yeah. keeping your body and your mind. Yeah. You know, that's a great, wait, we got a. There's a visual there with we the We gotta spokes. use yeah. that. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm, my wheels are turned <laughs> yeah. about. You know, I, let me let me real quick. I'll, quick diversion, but I'll keep it short so I'm not accused of being. <laughs> yeah, Brian, I know. Right? Yeah, this is me, people, not Brian. Don't don't throw the dart at him. Um, one of the things I've noticed as I've gotten into retirement, my writing now, uh-huh. it's much more about non-financial things. Yeah, right? it, it, yeah. it is about these lifestyle things because they are important. I, I think yeah. that's so, awesome. Yeah. I think that's great. Number four, make no obligations. Yeah, you, this is the one, the one I broke. You said you're broke. <laughs> yeah, my my point here. I've seen so many of my friends who they retire. The phone rings. They said your phone will ring off the hook, right? I was I was in a pretty specialized area in a, in a in a industry that values the skill, I guess. And your phone will ring off the hook. Consulting opportunities, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to, you know, jump on those. I'm like, no, I want to take a year, and just not do anything, mm-hmm. right? So this is about probably two weeks after I wrote this article, my phone rings and uh, it's a guy who I've got a lot of respect for in the industry. And, you know, I just always call him to wish me congratulations on retirement. You know, I'm like, oh, thanks. Nice talking to you. You know, he goes, actually, I had a reason for calling. I was like, oh, great. He's going to, here it comes. Hey, here it comes. But it, he, he did, but it's not at all what I expected. He, he had, they had an opening on their board of directors and, uh, and I was sitting there going, you know, again, once you get to the retirement, the financial things aren't what you make your decision based on. So it wasn't about, hey, I can make some extra money. No, it doesn't hurt. But but to me, <laughs> the decision wasn't driven. By, I didn't even know what the, if there was compensation. Sure. Obviously, you knew there'd be some, but right. it, it wasn't a you know, not-for-profit. I mean, it was a, a corporation. Um, but to me, having the opportunity to kind of step back at 40,000 feet and just kind of talk strategically about where this company was going, that intrigued me, right? Yeah. And it's, it's not a big obligation. It's a, it's a, it's a minor sin. What's it's the only, it's a, they yeah, probably yeah, have meetings in great locations. Yeah, it's not bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think I, I would say the way I would revise this instead of make no obligations, I would probably revise it to be make very selective obligations. Don't get yourself so committed that sure. you're suddenly slammed with all these obligations because you don't have to. You're, yeah, you're free. You don't have, it goes commit back to, to what you want to commit to. Freedom right. plus freedom. Yeah, exactly. You want to have freedom exactly. and control your life. Yeah. Number five. Try new things. Yeah, and what what this referred to, my wife and I, about a year before retirement, we, we set up a cookie jar in our bedroom, and we have a little post-it thing by it. And yeah. each, each one of us, every week, we're trying to write down new ideas and throw them in the jar. Neither one of us know what the other one's putting in there. Just like things then, to do in retirement? Yeah, That's just what it, random things. Like, okay, let's go kayak on this river. Let's oh. go, you know, whatever. And they can be big or small. No rules. Think right? about, I should pitch my wife on that. You yeah. know how big our cookie jar would be by the time we got <laughs> retirement? Well, so, so that was the whole goal, yeah. was to try to challenge us to do different things. And we said, okay, once we retire, we'll pull something out every week, and that'll give us some of course now we're 100 days in we've pulled one thing out. <laughs> that's what i was you know, y'all have been, been so yeah, busy yeah, though been it's been fun but i think it's it's good to stretch your mind and try to think of new things that you can try in retirement that's what it was about um number six was take care of your body yeah and, and you know as we get older let's not kid ourselves you know you talk about the health care concerns uh was it tebow um yeah. you know t-boy 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 if you're out there watching we want you to you know you're a gator but we'd love for you to be a client as well yeah but you know there's only things you can control and and one of the things you can control is taking care of yourself. And, hey, you've got time affluence now. Yeah. Dedicate some of it to taking mm-hmm. care of your body because it gets more and more important as you get older. So we, we made that a priority. Were you were you working out before you retired? Yeah, I was. Um, I've, I've been a runner for 
25 years, but okay. it was always kind of a lunchtime run. Now sure. it's like, no, let's do I, I hardly run at all anymore. I maybe run once every two weeks. Now yeah, but you're swimming lakes. Yeah, I'm swimming lakes. I'm, I'm, you know, mountain biking. I'm doing, what was your dance yoga thing you said I was doing? <laughs> yeah, goat, goat yoga. Goat yoga. You don't so, dance with it. Oh, okay, goat yoga. You do yoga okay. with it. Goat dancing is a more advanced <laughs> exercise <laughs> technique. Um, number seven was stay flexible to change. Yeah, and I think you mentioned earlier, you know, change is hard. Um, change is hard. And I think kind of like attitude, you can choose to look at change as an opportunity or you can look at it as an obstacle or resist it. Um, who knows what retirement's going to bring? Mm-hmm. Be open to it. Be, yeah. Go with the flow and right. just accept the change and kind of be adaptable. That, you know, again, these were things I was trying to tell myself that I wanted to be in retirement. And then you've been doing this one. Number eight was cherish friends and family. Yeah, and you know, I took a took a week uh, early in my retirement. One of our um, fifth wheel trips was up to Michigan to see my dad and spend time up there. Yeah. You know, and I think now that we've got the time, you know, it's, it reminds me of that song. You know, uh, the old song about the cats in the cradle, right? Oh, yeah. um, you know, hey, <laughs> you got Cat time. Stevens. Yeah, yeah, and you know that. You have no excuse now to not. You're too young. Yeah, you would. It's basically the 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 kid. The dad doesn't pay attention to the kid. Okay. The kid, the kid grows up and I he doesn't pay attention to the dad. Ugly Kid Joe just, remade it too in the nineties. I mean, that's how nerdy I am. Oh, love music. Ugly yeah. Kid Joe. I think I think that was. Is a, I? <laughs> yeah. I don't know them either. Anyway, the point being, now you've got the time affluence. Sure. Make sure you prioritize time yeah. with yeah. friends and family. I think that's great. Um, number nine, have fun. Yeah, short and sweet. You know, what, what, it's time to live like no one else, right? You, yeah. You've you've worked for this. Don't just sit in front of the TV and veg. I mean, go out and have some fun, especially your first five or ten years, depending what age you are when you retire. You've only got so many years of good physical health mm-hmm. where you can go out and do stuff. So go out and do it. You know, have a good time. You know, it, go fishing. Go, go it, swim in the it lake. It seems like you're doing that one. It seems, yeah, like, number, it seems like commandment number nine. You, you've gotten down yeah, right yeah. now. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm, 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 you guys called, right? I mean, I've yeah. been a long-time listener. <laughs> and, you know, I, for those that don't know, I drove four hours up here this morning, and I'm driving four hours back That's tonight, crazy. Right? I, I think it's awesome. Like, what? <laughs> it's because, because I've got the time. And, and to me, this is fun, right? I'm having fun. So I won't be enjoying it on the way back. But, you know, it, it, but the point is, pursue things that interest you. Yeah. And, you know, this was one of those things. So, yeah, just do it. I so love the it. good news is when you do these live shows, I worry for you because you get you get pretty pumped up about it. Yeah. But then you crash pretty yeah. hard, too, because yeah. the energy yeah. is pretty high when you do these live shows. So hopefully you'll, yeah. you'll have a good drive. I've not had an issue with lack of energy, though. I think I'll be okay. Number yeah. 10. I thought this one was good. You know, one of the things I tell anybody who is starting a new business, who's doing anything big in their life. I mean, we don't talk about religion a lot on the show because yeah. we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion. But yeah. I will tell you, I think one of the biggest things you can nurture in yourself is really your spirit, your soul. You need to have that stuff yeah. just quenched and nurtured because you never know what's coming. So you'd put keep eternity in mind. What did you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, and it's exactly that. You know, we talked about the uh, wheel and the spokes, right? I mean, you've got to have a spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm like you. I don't talk politics. I don't talk religion. But I'm not going to do the 10 most important things from yeah. my retirement without addressing this. Sure. I think it's too important. And if people get offended, fine. You know, it's, it's important to me. Um, and, and I think you absolutely have to recognize that there's, there's more than what we see here. Mm-hmm. And that's what really matters. So as you're going through the, you know, the good and the bad here now, just remember that there's a, there's a longer term thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, in our case, you know, we're Christian family and it's important to us. And, and so, you know, I put it on my 10 commandments. Well, I, I think, I think loving on your, 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 your spiritual side also allows you to have reflection. It also allows you to know when you can't control things that there's something you can use yeah. to, to, to lean back on. Yeah. But it, it, really cool stuff. And, and I know I want to kind of 
before we kind of close the show out, is there anything, you're 100 days in now, I read your post, your blog post at theretirementmanifesto.com. Is there, I mean, we've asked you to give us tips, tricks, but is there anything else that kind of we haven't been able to cover today that you're like, man, I, I got to make sure I share this with the Money Guy family? I think the one key thing that I've learned over the last three and a half years of really seriously preparing for retirement, you know, the goal of this is thriving and uh, what was the title? Um, yeah, we joke. It was uh, thriving surviving and, and thriving. Surviving yeah. and thriving. So, so oh, you read it. To really get the thriving part of it right, I think the best thing we did, and I, I'm glad I read it somewhere, and, and, and now that I've lived it, I, I've seen that it's true, is really spend some introspective time, mm-hmm. especially two years or so from retirement, really start thinking about this stuff. And don't just focus on the financial side, really focus on the softer stuff. Sure. Um, that's probably the biggest takeaway from, from our time. So I put one more note on here, but I feel like you've already done a good job and I want to give you a second longer. I know we're running a little <laughs> long. Is that anything you want to share about what's going on with the retirement manifesto and, um, you know, directions or you've done a good job of plugging throughout yeah. the show, but I didn't know if <laughs> you still want, if there's yeah. anything else no, you, know, I, you I, want I to guess, tell our audience. You know, the only thing I would say is if, if you're, looking at retirement or you're in retirement, this is just, you know, one family's journey and I just like to write about it. So, you know, if you're interested, um, if you go to my website and sign up, I do, you're talking about a deliverable. We talked about net worth. I've got a net worth template that if you subscribe, there's a little pop-up thing and it'll say sign up and you get a free net worth template. Yeah. You know, if you're not tracking your net worth, yeah. track your net worth. I, I make it easy. Preach it. Yeah. That's, that's a really We're right there with yeah, you. That is the most important financial metric. Uh, let, uh, and since you said that, I just think this is so valuable for audience. Brian, if there's one thing that you regret in your financial journey, what is it? And I know what it is because it's selfish for me, but it has to do with what he just said. Is there something maybe you wish you would have started doing from like age 21? Well, you're talking about the net worth yeah, thing, aren't go. you? Because exactly. you know that mine starts, I think we figured it out, but mine starts in my early 30s. That's right. Yeah. And I regret that I don't have something from my 20s mm-hmm. now when does your when did your start uh, 92, 92. So I was 29 years old 20 okay, okay. Yeah. so you, you yeah. probably have me by about three or four years yeah. but i do have huge regret because i i've used it as a tool for because bo and i are close i mean business partners mm-hmm. I, I like to consider i mentor you a little bit and it's fun that i can go back and look but the, i have some missing gaps for sure. other people who are at the same age. So I would tell you, if you're not doing an annual net worth statement, and then what's cool with it is you get older and you start to get traction with your assets growing. Y'all know some of the games you play is that you you try to see is your change bigger than your income. That's right. I mean, there's also tracking your liquid assets versus your debt. The debt pay down. There's just all kind of fun little nerdy games you can do. Tax status. I keep tax status my net worth. I I put, here's what I do to try to keep the number realistic so I don't, because you're a lot of us are retirement rich. I put deferred taxes on mine. That, yeah, that's, that's taking that. it. As a I put deferred. Really you, wanna, kinda, yeah. you can tell we're nerds. We're talking about all the, <laughs> the, the stuff we put on there. But I definitely think the net worth statement is a tool yeah. that, that can power things. Now, um, guys, I want you, we're going to close this out. I know we have some Q&As to do on the live show. So if you're not checking us out on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, there's lots of opportunities. Every other Tuesday, we do this live now. You still tune in on the Fridays and, and get the content. But um, we're doing a little bit extra. And also, remember, give us your email address. Go out to moneyguy.com. We want to be able to share this deliverable we have because we also have some cool announcements that will be coming down the pipe with free giveaways as well as other things. And the first place you're going to find out about it is by giving us your email address so you can go check it all out. Um, I'm your host, Brian Preston. Here's the other thing. 
we never share um, we also like to remind everybody this whole abundance cycle. We are financial planners by day. You know, I'm a, I'm a CPA, a reformed CPA that's also a CFP. I always pick on Bo because he's a certified financial planner as well, but he also is a charter financial analyst. Right. I mean, he's really nerdy with numbers. We do this by day, and if you like what you hear, because we've been doing this since 2006, we started very similar to the retirement manifestos that we wanted to share the good news of good financial advice. It was a passion project. We kind of stumbled across the fact that a lot of people liked the message and realized they wanted to work with us. So now we work with clients in the majority of the country. If you like what you hear and you want to say, hey, I'd like to reach out with you guys, go to aboundwealth.com or amoneyguy.com and we have contact us pages. You can reach out to us there and we'd love to take the relationship to the next level. That's our gift to you for giving away all this free advice over the years. Bo, anything else I missed? Yeah, you know, stay tuned. Uh, if you're out there with us, like, by the uh, by the way, Steve Scoville said hello. He's a oh, high hey, school Steve. buddy of yours. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Hey, Again, Steve. that's a beautiful. So stay tuned. Uh, if you're out there with us live, we're going to do a Q and A with Fritz. Uh, end of the show. Uh, you know, this. You know, it's not going to be out there anywhere else. So if you want to be a part of it, uh, you know, I just have a haunting suspicion Brian's going to give oh, yeah. away a bunch. If of you tumblers. want tumblers, you got to come to the live uh, show. And so, you know, <clears throat> hang out with us after the show, and uh, and just thank you so much for letting us uh, letting us be. And Fritz, thank you so hey, much for being here with us. This has just been absolutely incredible. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 fun for me because I followed you guys or listened to you for so many years. You actually helped me get to where I am, right? I mean, I was listening oh, that's to you cool stuff. way before I started. <laughs> you're trying blogging. to make, trying to yeah, make the hair but, stand but, you know, up on all. I, mean, I see what you're doing. We are making a difference, right? Yeah, and and, sure. and I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's a real honor. It awesome. really is. So thank you very awesome, much. Awesome. Even though you called me a nerdy uh, specimen or whatever it was. <laughs> it takes one to know one. <laughs> so, thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. (laughs) 